This episode of the Stealth Skills Podcast is actually one of my favourites. It was recorded on a really sunny spring afternoon here in Melbourne at the home of visual artist, photographer and all-round creative Matto Lucas. Matto welcomed me into his amazing home. I wish you could see it. There's huge windows that let in all the sun, plants everywhere, a separate studio space that him and his partner share. I was shown to a leather wing-back chair, we shared a beer, and we sat down to discuss all things artistic and creative. It was a really great discussion, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. You're listening to the Stealth Skills Podcast with me, Maddie Stutchbury. Cheers. Cheers. Chin chin. Yeah. Um, we are here on the podcast today with visual artist, photographer, all round amazing person, oh, Matto Lucas. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for asking me. I'm so excited about this. Cheers. Um, now, well, you do want to give me like a little summary of what you do, if you can. Okay. <laughs> so I've kind of like split my creative practice into two components. Mm-hmm. So there's my visual art side. And then there's my photography side, which is more of a commercial business. Um, so yeah, so my visual art side is more videography, uh, video art, uh, performance installation, uh, some photo-based work. It's more of a conceptual kind of like whatever medium works best for the message. Yeah. But it's a social practice, so a lot of it is engaging with kind of like queer culture or other people to talk about issues like beauty and identity and belonging and all those kind of things and value and worth. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, the photography practice, which is uh, commercial, um, but can also be like a little bit more flexible and fun. So yeah. 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 So how did you, what was like the beginning for you? Was there any particular moment where you realized I'm going to be artistic or I'm going to do something <laughs> more creative or have you always just been that way inclined? Um, I think like from the beginning, wow, Jesus. I think like when I was really young, I used to like mixing like food dye in water bot- in like little bottles and my parents thought I was going to be a scientist but I think like, <laughs> like jokes on you like, yes. <laughs> no no money <laughs> um but then I just liked the colours I think mm-hmm. and then that I think was where it kind of came from but I thought I was going to be an actor or in like theatre or something mm-hmm. um but yeah I, d- I don't think there was ever one defining moment it just kind of organically grew mm-hmm. and yeah 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 and did you go to university at all? Yeah, so I studied... I Actually, I did a cert for in design because I thought I was going to be a graphic designer mm-hmm. when I finished year 12. Um, and then I went, no, I hate this. I absolutely hate this. Little did I know that's where all the money is at. I was like, I'm yeah. going to follow my passions and my love. I'm so, if I could go back in time, I would add like at least two like graphic design units to my course because... And web design. And yes. web design. Ah, yeah. I mean, you can have an opinion thinking? with hindsight, but I'm just <laughs> like, regret. Yeah, no. Web is, I'm Web's an idiot. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, no, print's more interesting. No. If you're listening to this and you want to know what to study at uni, <laughs> web design slash graphic design. Dear God, study web <laughs> stuff. For the yeah. love of God, like, get a job. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Don't follow your dreams. No, yeah, no, no. one follow no. their dreams and be artistic <laughs> and free. <laughs> Enslave yourself to a computer. <laughs> Money can buy you happiness. Money buys no, you happiness. No, okay. that's, so that's not what we're advocating. We're bad talking advice. about being passionate. Yes, 
Okay. Um, um, I love that though that you when you're talking about theatre and being an actor, I love that you um, combine your visual art with performance art. Can you talk to me a little bit more about your performance art and okay. what you've um, done recently and, and okay. how you got started in it? Well, I think like how I got uh, I was really terrified the first time I did a performance installation kind of piece. Um, I was, I've been so inspired by an artist like Franco B. Um, who's a Spanish artist practicing in London, and he's kind of, like, my idol. Mm. Um, and I'm friends with him on Facebook, which is awesome. Yeah, yep. it's like, you know, when you, like, have mm-hmm. that connection. I like... had this podcaster guy who I love. Had, like, he had a Facebook band. It wasn't, like, his business. It was his actual Facebook. I'm like, this isn't him. No. But I added him, and he totally responded to me. And, Hell like, yeah. I sent a message to him, and he responded. It's awesome. Massive like, yeah. yeah. I love, yeah. Mm. And you're like, I'm so close to my everything. Yeah. yeah. I can smell you. <laughs> Living life. I'm just going to get to London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only you could get to London. But um, I really loved, like, that his kind of Franco B's aggressive performance work and uh, what it was talking about in terms of the body and body values. And I was, yeah, really inspired by that. So that's how I kind of got started in performance work. Um, and just because I felt like it was really aggressive, like, you couldn't escape it. There was no... With video, you're behind a screen or you're behind a projector and you can remove... I felt like with passive artwork like that, you can, and, and paintings and 2D work, you can remove yourself from it mm. uh, to an extent where with performance, you're kind of confronted, like you have to digest or yeah. y- you're explicit in the work, like you're, you're there. And you're sort of forcing um, people who come along to view it, they're not just a spectator, they're forced to be a participant that yeah. way, so you have to get them involved in that way. Yeah, that's, most of my work is um, semi-interactive or interactive to a point Mm. um just because i want people to be aware of their actions and whether that's upon me as a a, um a metaphor Mm. or me as a body or me as a person like i want people to always be thinking about how their actions contribute to something bigger yeah yeah and that's in a lot of work so a lot of the work performance stuff Mm. that i do but yeah do you want to tell me about your most recent interactive piece so the um uh coalesce re just had their second one night stand group exhibition, which is a one night only massive show of performance and video and all kinds of crazy, amazing stuff. So Mm -hmm. it was the second year really successful. And I devised a new work for it called Neonisis, um, where I sat as a passive body and offered myself to be fed from five different buckets containing five different types of food. Um, and there was a big neon sign flashing above me that said, feed me. So I was, I, I didn't make any vocal, I didn't invite anyone vocally, I didn't, with body language, I just sat in kind of a, mm. a plastic clam pool and asked people to feed me. Yeah. yeah. And and it was pretty crazy. It actually was surprisingly validating my misanthropy. Like, people were really awful. Yeah. It was pretty full on, yeah. It was yeah. funny, we were talking about earlier on in your amazing front garden, <laughs> lounging around in the sun, we are actually talking about this and about how um, it's kind of frightening how if you give the public or if you give people, like, the opportunity, our first instinct is to be horrible Just to be the worst. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something... What's what else has surprised you about us as people through doing like a specifically interactive like performance well, piece? Well, what's really strange is in the past I've done a few performance pieces. So last year's at Coalesce, I did negotiating spatial and body dynamics with strangers, which was a work where I was a passive body sitting in a bed, asking you to come into bed with me in a public space. You could be seen 
I was part of the show and do whatever you wanted. And it was very, audience participation was very low and hesitant and scared. Um, and when people did get in, a lot of people were really lovely and held me and kind of were really gentle. And I've had experience where I've gone to strangers' houses to film things, mm. uh, offering myself as a passive body again to be acted on in the privacy of their home. So the only eye there is the camera lens and people have been so hospitable and lovely. So I kind of had the best intent. Like I, I kind of expected the best from yeah. people, which I mean, maybe that was my, my fall there expecting yeah. them to be kind. But yeah, like we were saying earlier, I feel like you, people's inherent nature is to just be awful, really awful. And to act kindness is a really hard, yeah. difficult process. You have to think and you have to stop and you have to work towards kindness. Kindness is difficult. Yeah, being nice is really hard. It's, <laughs> it's so hard. And tiring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were pitching and rolling. We were playing. podcast is to talk to people who are doing more than one thing you know like okay, yeah. they're either working a part-time job or they're doing multiple disciplines you sort of embody that in that you're not you're not focused on one medium like you're not a painter or yeah an illustrator yeah. or a photographer you're doing several different things um and i've had people say to me you know you have you know isn't it time you pick one thing and stick to it or are uh, you spreading yourself too thin i want to hear what you think about that like do you think it's necessary to do more than one thing or is it you know it's safe to do more than one thing or for your own self like do you feel like you have to do more than one thing i feel like there's uh, i think it's different for everyone i think everyone's different and i definitely believe like i think you're very good at doing a lot you you specifically are very good yeah (laughs) (laughs) not a general you as in yeah you met it you're very good at doing a lot of different things um and i feel like that's why you're so productive as well and all the the best artists i know are doing a million things from cross platform and Mm. you know and everyone's got three we're three-dimensional people we're not one aspect like we do have these different shards and sides that you can do so I think it's, it, for me, it's why I'm still, like, existing. I agree, yeah. yeah, so it's, you know, photography here, commercial photography, and then design work, and then freelance, and then bar work, and then writing, and then this, you know, video, and some painting, entered a painting prize, and all this kind of crazy, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever the outlet is, um, to move forward, I think, or, yeah. Yeah, I think the word outlet's really interesting because just from my own personal perspective, sometimes it's like you want to, you've got an idea or an image or something inside you that you want to be making or yeah. a message you want to get across and you have to find the right medium to do it in. Like, it might not work in a text piece or it might not exactly. work in a performance piece. It has to be, um, you know, a photo essay or it has to be, you know, an audio piece and... Um, I think having multiple disciplines allows you that freedom in that I way. totally agree. Mm. I, yeah, completely agree. And that's why my visual arts practice is so, um, you know, video performance, whatever kind mm. of suits the work. Yeah. I, agree, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. And to keep busy as well. Like <laughs> as a creative, if you're, if you're focused on your art practice hundred percent of the time, you can hit so many walls and burn out. Yeah. So if you're like, I'm going to go do this day job here, or I'm going to go, you know, do 
photography or whatever it is and mix it up, mm. you will unlock those blocks by doing a different creative process. Yeah, if that makes doing sense. One thing you're gonna, you definitely like. Everyone gets writer's block. Everyone yep. is like, I can't edit this anymore. I have to step yeah, away. Exactly. And so instead of just you know watching telly or vegging out or something, which is definitely not a bad thing. No. <laughs> by doing something like I definitely endorse that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but like doing turning your attention to other things and and making things in another way. Yeah. Does just keep the ball rolling and does keep you yeah. keep the momentum up definitely. Yeah. Um, but I find, I want to talk a little bit more about, um, just that, like the realities of doing so many things and the fact that like at the end of the day, we have to pay bills and it's just notoriously hard to get paid for anything in the arts world. Um, and sometimes you do just have to have a day job. What's your thoughts and opinions on that? I mean, yeah, it is a cruel, sad reality, right? Like Mm. we do that we, we, as artists and creatives, we have one foot in this amazing world of um, you know, philosophy and thinking and greater things than the material. And then we have our other foot anchored in the reality of, I need to do my tax. I need to pay the electricity bill and I have to, you know, do all this stuff, this real world stuff, which is boring and mundane and monotonous and awful Mm. and inconsistent. So we do have to have a day job or we have to have some form of income unless you're super lucky to be able to make, you know, your, your constant living off, Selling yeah. your work, which, mm. you know, is doable but rare. That's yeah, and, and we shouldn't be made bad to feel about having day jobs as well. I feel like there's a stigma. It's like, no, hun, girls got to eat. Like, totally. You know? I think it is a real stigma. It's like, especially because, I don't know, I'm thinking more about parents here. They go, oh, what do you do? Or what is it you're doing? What do you really, really yeah. do is the worst really, yes. question. They yeah. know, what do you really do? It's like, they want to know how you're making money. And how you, you say, live oh, alive. I'm working in at Cognon or I'm doing this. Yeah. And that's how they judge you. Yeah. It's not like, that's not saying that having, day, having a day job isn't bad and it's not like it's necessary. It is a necessity. But it yeah. sort of like, do, like devalues the artistic work you're doing because it makes you feel like they think it's trivial. But that, I, that is difficult. Um, but I've never really been one to give too much of a fuck about what other right. people think, <laughs> like the judgment that's placed on me. And yeah, I do have to eat and pay rent. So I've done a number of shitty, weird jobs and especially over the last two years specifically, done a number of very strange things to get by. Mm. Um, I don't think that devalues my art practice at all or, or the creative work I'm doing. If anything, it makes that work more important to me because I know that's why I'm doing all these shitty weird things. So I can make this so I can yep. ask questions and present stuff to people. I think that's it. It's like when you sort of, everyone's just hoping for that payoff. It's like, I know I'm doing this now, but yeah. you know, one day it'll, it'll all come together and I'll yeah. be able to do this full time or I'll be able Hope, to, you know, yeah. you know, that's the dream. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did read like a number of great, like Rothko was always like, don't quit your day job. And Mm. even he used to get up like at six to be in his studio by nine. And he worked like day job hours in his studio, which is crazy. But everyone's practice is different. Everyone's lives take weird, beautiful forms. We're made like when we go through school and high school, we're made to think like you come out and you do uni and then you get a job and that's it. And that's life. And what's really beautiful about creative lives is we don't have to do that. We can do whatever way we want. I'm going to take three casual jobs, you know, and that'll pay my necessities Mm -hmm. and fund my practice. And then, you know, we can do whatever we want and it's, beautiful it's actually it's really yeah. freeing it's, it's so like, freeing it's like you don't have that blueprint set up before you have oh well i know that by this age i have to have exactly. a house or I have done this yep. it's like you can at some point in time go i'm gonna 
take an art scholarship in Albania and exactly. do that. Like, you can just do weird yes. things and it's fine. It's be- I think it's really amazing. And we're really, uh, you know, nothing good comes without struggle. I think we're very lucky, yes. especially autonomous creatives that are authentic. Um, and, you know, going through all this shit to be able to pursue their creative dreams. So lucky. We're really lucky. In your start, pleasure. Boom, pleasure. goes through struggles and everyone has difficult times but the way you react to it or the way yep. you deal with it you know I'm sometimes like I think certain people are lucky to be artistic or to be an artist because I'm like that's the best tool for you to deal yeah. with yep. how you're feeling otherwise they probably just go mental like yep. every, you know every like I kind of secretly would love to just be happy with you know doing the nine to five thing that, and saving for a house yeah. and doing that and just being happy and like living for the weekends and doing that and you that say that no <laughs> you say that now and then you get 10 seconds of that and you're like, like i hate no, this me, i hate yeah. it so much i, hate I wish I, I liked it yeah because it'd well, be so much easier well yeah i mean i used to think that i used to be like i wish i could be dumb and you know dumb and hot bogan <laughs> with like you know and i just that's everyone's <laughs> Dumb and hot bogan, yeah, with like a <laughs> McMansion, and yeah. but then you know, as I get older and more grateful for things, mm. I think this is actually this weird little life that I've set up, and it's kind of really amazing. Like I'm very proud and grateful for it. Yeah, it's hard. Like oh my god, it's fucking hard work, and oh, you know, I it's the thing, like, I get really defensive of when. Um, people say, you know, get a real job or, you know, why do you want to do that? I'm like, at the end of the day, artists aren't wanting to, they don't want to hurt anybody and they don't want to like suck the government dry and they don't, they just want to be self-sufficient to make things. That's exactly right. Ideas around and to sort of circle back to like your, um, performance pieces and addressing, you know, like queer culture and, and even just like political questions, you know, art, like up in whatever medium is a great way to be a platform for discussion. Exactly. Things. Yeah, I totally agree. I think art's the the most powerful tool to open up discussions. Yes. Um, yeah, and make people reflect, have conversations, and that's the whole point I make work. Yeah. Just, and, uh, you know, ideally, maybe I'm a little bit of a, a, you know, idealist or optimist deep inside, mm. hidden under these layers of... Of cynicism. <laughs> <laughs> I hate but, everything, but secretly... It could be... Think, yeah, yeah. yeah Maybe yeah. everything will be okay one day. Yeah. yeah. So I think deep inside, I'm like, I'm making this work in the hope that things will get better. Something yeah. can get better somewhere. So, yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> Let's talk about um, your current... Like, what are you working on at the moment? What are you hoping to put together in the near future? Okay. Um. So... So this year was so nuts. Like I just had a massive like mental breakdown, like huge depression. I'm not laughing like, at you. It's like, <laughs> it was dark, yeah. like, like really bad. Mm. Um, so I kind of I hadn't made work. The last piece I made before last Monday's performance installation was a video called Inquisition, um, which was months ago. In the in the kind of core of my depression, I made this video, which was like half an hour video of me sitting on the couch playing Xbox and it was just kind of a close crop of my face. And so when it was projected, it was projected on this giant wall at the Clement Meadmore Gallery. It kind of looked like a photo being projected until you stopped and watched for a little bit and saw the micro movements in my face and micro expressions. Um, then you realize that it was a video. So mm. that work. And then there was a long five month break of just sadness. Um, <laughs> Lots of eating yep. and, yeah, feeling sorry for my... Like, depression is such a weird thing. 
Yeah. And then I um, made this other work the other night, so um, Neonisis. What I'm working on now is actually a submission for a group show for Midsummer next mm-hmm. year. Um, so I'm working on that, which is, you know, kind of a bit up in the air. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll probably be photo-based. I'm working on a project um, where I, called What Do We Look Like Now?, where I'm going to be photographing a number of Melbourne um, LGBTQI2 members of the community, mm-hmm. just like beautiful portraits and putting that together for a show just to show uh, a snapshot of what we look like now um, in 2015 or 16, whenever it gets finished. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to put together a photo book for Melbourne Art Review, uh, self-publishing. That would be great. It's insane, like so expensive. It's funny, actually, on... Um... <laughs> Yesterday I was talking to another artist for this podcast and she put together a book, only about a, a, a hundred copies or something. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll have to give you the details, actually, of where she got it printed and yeah, stuff. Yeah, cool. But um, she was just saying, yeah, it's, like, so hard and you have to, like, at some point decide, yeah, I'm going to make this thing. Yeah. Um, but it's a great way. It's in itself an art in that putting it together and, like, the curation of it all. Oh, yeah, she even yeah. actually, she got someone, like, a friend of a friend to print the dust jacket and then she put it all together herself, like, right, really yeah. hands-on. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. But that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. love, like, the idea of, like, artists making books. I want yeah. more of it. Like, yeah, professional zines. So expensive. Oh, Crazy. Yeah. Like, I've just started looking into it and it's nuts. Yeah. Like, Melbourne Art Review. Do you want to yes. tell us a little bit more about the Melbourne Art Review? Okay, so I started... how we met. Yeah! Oh, oh my god! Share. Wait, no it wasn't. <laughs> oh, hang on. I no, it was know. Youth in Revolt. I did an article about That's you. That's right, yes. yes. And then we were Facebook friends forever. Yes. And then at Supergraph I saw, I was like, hey! That's yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then you got me on board as a writer for the Melbourne Art yes. Review. Yes. And you, then we went to Muma and had and that yes, amazing experience yes. together. Yes. That was Which is really good, yeah. We saw, um... Down at Muma, which is the Mel, uh, the Monash University um, Museum Modena. of Art. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, and Justine Williams, who is a like insane visual <laughs> artist, like does a lot of like video work and like weird installations. Um, went and saw her exhibition at the time. I can't remember what it was called. Um, the curtain breathed deeply. The curtain breathed deeply. Yeah, and it was trippy and creepy. So and trippy. Great. Like, it was. Yeah. It, it was. was a, I'm actually getting goosebumps that was just remembering saying, that. It, like, like raised all the hairs on the back yeah. of my head. It was pretty moving. Um, I'm really glad I got to share that with you. Actually, that was like yes. totally a nuts afternoon. That was, <laughs> that was, that was, we were the only two people in this gallery wandering yeah. around. But I loved that because it gave us the time to talk about stuff. Yeah. So just actually, yeah. It felt like a private showing. It was a private showing. Well, VIP Melbourne Art Review. Excuse me, guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty elite. Yeah. Um, no, but it was a great... It was a really good experience. Um, and it was, yeah, the first time that we got to do something. Yeah. Like the same project. And yeah. It was heaps of fun. It was really... Yeah, so Melbourne Art Review. Yes, Melbourne yeah. Art Review. Um, so I started that two years ago. Um, and I basically started it because I was having a massive show, like mm. a huge solo show called Kill Me Charlie, and I was kind of looking for people to write about it or talk about it or document it, and there wasn't really anything out there. I couldn't really find anything. Mm -hmm. So basically it was started as a labor of love, as another project without any pay for the love of it. Yeah, because I wasn't busy enough. Yeah, because you weren't doing enough. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I decided to help promote Aries and spaces and artists and emerging artists and 
talent and creatives mm. in Melbourne um, that didn't really have a budget to do media releases or to pay for ads or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of just grown and grown. I started, I realized though that I was better at photographing the social openings and showing how fun it was than actually committing, you know, blocks of hours to write these reviews. Um, so it's kind of changed over the two years going from a platform that I started writing about Mm. and reviewing the shows to more just like shooting the openings, uh, showing how great those openings are. And what's really great is other galleries have kind of got, been inspired by it and they shoot their own openings and stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And now I'm getting, I got hired by Mel, uh, Hawthorne Town Hall Gallery to oh, wow. shoot their openings now. That's so perfect. I, it's actually starting to kind of pay off. So. It's funny actually, I, um, like as a, a writer, like I've always found that there's been a few occasions where I've had to review an exhibit or something and I've always found it really difficult because like it's at the end of the day, it's like an experience in an art gallery and that yeah. is so subjective and personal. Yeah. So I can say, Oh, I found this to be blah, blah, blah. And this to be like this. And someone else could walk in there and be like, I do not agree at all. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not, it's and really I, difficult. I the think. only thing you can kind of do is reference what it's taught, like what art history it's referencing. Yeah. You can't kind of interesting to read. About. No, so no, not at all. So. I love like that voyeuristic, you know, um, here's the opening night of the sixth yeah. exhibition and you get to see like the plethora of people who are there and what like what they look like and who's going yeah. to see it and yeah. I love that. I, yeah, cool. I really love Thank the you. Yeah. yeah, I think I've become more in love with those social shots mm. and the type of people that attend and you know, you see these characters at different openings and I'm more in love with that so it's yeah. become more social again that's actually um, just reminded me of something to ask you about because yeah. um, it's like that um you get to see the community of people who are going to yes. these things and making these things um a lot of the people who I've spoken to for this podcast and just in general um we all like we live and work in Melbourne but we're not originally from Melbourne and okay, you're yeah. not you're no. from Bendigo yeah yeah so there was obviously a conscious decision at some point in time to move to Melbourne yep. and to stay in Melbourne yeah what do you think about like Melbourne being like that sort of cultural artistic hub and... it totally like you know yeah, all those cliches and stuff I hate saying that but it's, it's so, so it, it is yeah. um I mean like it's really crazy there's so many great beautiful little niche creative communities in Bendigo and Castlemaine and Malden. Bendigo in particular at the moment is taking off. Like pumping money into that gallery there. Well, that gallery's always been amazing. Like Bendigo Mm. Gallery has always been amazing, even since when I was a kid. But Mm. I think for me, it was always just growing up there. The psychology was big. I need to, you've got to go if you want to be doing anything. So it's like Melbourne. Yeah. Um, So I came here and Melbourne was hard. The first time I, like when I first moved here, it was tough. Like Melbourne doesn't let you in easy. No, Mm. but when it, when you finally get in, it's like, Oh, this is my baby. This is like my love. So, but yeah, so I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't imagine ever moving back to Bendigo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Actually, someone else I was talking to about this, um, moved from interstate to Melbourne. Oh, yeah. And they made the comment about, like, the community here is really supportive. No one's out to, like... Okay. Well, in her experience... Like, yeah, and cool. I would say in my experience as well, like, people are happy to see people making things and, yeah. and want to support each other. Like, yeah. have you had that experience or have you been a little bit more insular in your... Um, experience? no. Yeah, I, I feel like... Okay, so me as the professional Melbourne Art Review guy, it's been very positive. Yeah. So a lot of, like really, really positive and helpful. And yeah. And as an artist as well, everyone just wants to help each other, um, you know, grow, but you know, yeah, yeah. yeah it's been 
fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, it's I don't know. I'm a cra- I've got the worst kind of personality where I make very intense friends with someone very quickly and that burns like a match and then burns out. And yeah, yeah I've just got the worst kind of thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But, but as a professional, it's been very, um, yeah. Yeah. Supportive. As a person. As a me. person, I suck. As a person. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm a terrible human. Like, I'm yeah. really bad with, like, being friends with yeah. people. I have, like, two friends. <laughs> yes. They're great. I have two friends and I live with them. Yeah. So, and yes. they're, like, yeah, they're only humans that can put up with me. So. Yeah. online or what your what plug us your okay <laughs> all right okay so my website for my visual art is www.mattolucas.com m-a-t-t-o-l-u-c-a-s.com my photography is just a tumblr but it's mattolucas photography or one word dot tumblr.com and then i'm on instagram as at mattolucas I am on Facebook <laughs> under a number of things. Melbourne Art Review, search for that. Matto Lucas Artist and Matto Lucas Photography and Design. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the only things that are... I mean, I'm on Twitter, but... Who's on Twitter? I know. I think yeah. like, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a politician, so don't seek exactly. me out. Exactly. Like, yeah. I feel so guilty for not using my Twitter, but <laughs> we can yeah. band together with that. Okay. Um, I'll also put up all the links to Matto's website's tumblers facebook all the things <laughs> all the things um will go up on the stealth skills website which is facebook forward slash stealth skills with a z awesome matto thank you so much thank you Yay.